Hello, everybody. You've hit the play button on the Catholic Underground. We're the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 426 for those of you who are keeping score. I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Finally back, joining me in studio, Kathleen Lee. She is a teacher. She is a lover of, uh, of blueberry things. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you, you did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome back, Kathleen. I'm glad to be back, man. It feels good. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Very good. We're happy to have you back. And uh, joining us, Olivia Galino. She is indeed here in studio. She's in Studio B. Hey, Olivia. Hi. That's right. Uh, we figured the best thing to do would be to uh, observe the physical distancing and whatnot. Um, so for those of you who are, who are watching perhaps in more, um, you know, bestricken areas, uh-huh. um, that, that you can feel at comfort that we are following some good, uh, some good procedures as well. Olivia, uh, it's good to be with you as well because you've, been, you've yeah. been busy. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a second. And so it's good to come together. Yep. And then also, um, we'll talk about Jeff in a minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Jeff's uh, alternate <laughs> is is Albert. Uh, we call him Albert the Great. Hey Al, Al, Hello Al, there. Albert. Just trying goodness. to keep the Jeff Star afloat. That's <laughs> right. The Jeff Star is uh, is definitely or still in, in orbit. That's right. And then uh, Ed Ball, who is in Der Ball Pit, uh, yeah, running the this, video for the us. The sterilized ball pit. <laughs> That's right. Yes, the, the balls are individually <laughs> sterilized <laughs> and put back in the pit uh-huh. every 15 yeah. minutes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we, we have what we think to, is, a, is an okay show for you, um, especially coming back. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we thought we would, we would start by just checking in with each other mm-hmm. because we do that periodically after we've been away for, um, for what's usually like our, our summer hiatus. Sure. But this was such a strange thing. And honestly, the reason that we, we stopped podcasting and stopped uh, broadcasting was because we were having a lot of trouble getting the technology to work from afar. Right. And we were also having uh, trouble... Um, getting out on the radio and everything so we said well we'll just we'll pause we'll retool and then Mm -hmm. we'll come back when the time is right and uh well that's uh, that's right now yep here we are yeah i guess we should start with jeff yeah Uh, absolutely so uh so you might remember for those of you who've been listening to the show or watching for a while um that around the time that uh that the covid began to wreak its havoc Mm -hmm. uh jeff went into the hospital yeah and uh, so the story goes, he went in for food poisoning, and uh, it turns out there was a lot of other stuff that, that was wrong. Yeah. And they just kind of started to cascade one after another, and he spent a very long period of time in uh, intensive care. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Ed could tell you, uh, there were many times where, where we thought, uh, gosh, um, it's, it's, it's time to, to certainly just give Jeff over to the hands of our Lord and let, let yeah. what happens happen. And we did that, and what the Lord did was yank him back. <laughs> Yank him back several times. So, so in the midst of, uh, of, of a great deal of hospitalization, um, Jeff, we can report now, is yeah. out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. He is doing uh, physical therapy regularly, uh, trying to get, get back into walking because, I mean, he was, he was bedridden yeah. for months. Um, and, uh, and all of the, the, the issues, the health issues, I mean, so heart, lungs, yeah. you name it, kidneys, everything, uh, all of those are, are healing. And uh, the only thing, the only next hurdle for Jeff is uh, is eyesight. So he's got he yeah. had some a, a little bacterial infection, and uh, and doctors are very um, uh, uh, optimistic about about that prognosis as well. And so we figured we we'd bring uh, Albert in and uh, and give Jeff a chance to continue to heal. Yeah. Um, but Jeff uh, certainly thanks all of you who who listen to the Catholic Underground, those of you who watch us, 
and those of you who have asked about Jeff and, and certainly those of you who have been praying for him. Um, yeah. it, it, when we say it's been miraculous. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what happens when, you know, Jeff is one of those guys who just does everything for yeah. anybody and, you know, and, and yeah. doesn't know. I mean, he surely knows when to stop, but he's not going to if it's going to help somebody else. That's true. And so it's just such such evidence that, man, we got, like, sometimes the Lord is like, uh, you got to rest. <laughs> yeah, it, re- it reminds <laughs> you know? me of what um, uh, Mother, now St. Mother Teresa mm-hmm. uh, says, you know, he says, um, if you don't give until it hurts, yeah, you're not doing it right. You know, you're yeah. not loving the, the way that we ought. And, and loving is truly giving until it hurts. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't see him for months, you know, because of COVID and, you know, mm-hmm. nobody could go see him. And um, and then, you know, he's posted a few videos ever since. And, man, to hear that voice I know. is incredible. Yeah, that was the thing. So so doctors didn't really know um, what his voice would be because yeah. he had to have a tracheotomy and all those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had to uh, work with tubes in, in, in the area that is close to him, his voice yeah. box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yet, I mean... I mean, right after he got out of the hospital, he called me, he FaceTimed me, yeah. and he sounded like himself. Yeah. He sounds like the Jeff that you and I know, and um, yeah. and cognitively, he's all there. So, yeah, I mean, man, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to the day, and I mean, it's going to be far from now because of COVID, but hopefully mm-hmm. not. I can't wait to the day when I can just give him a big old hug. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Although there's less less of him now. Yeah. I think he lost, uh, I think, what was the number 100 earth pounds? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere thereabouts. So, uh, wow. So, yeah. Um, but the best thing about Jeff, though, his heart's still very big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can't wait to get back. So, yeah. so uh, we're, we're glad. Um, we're glad of that, certainly. Um, I, I guess, uh, Olivia, you're, you're next on the docket. What, what have you been up to in the midst of uh, all of this? Yeah, what have I been up to? Um, so probably the biggest uh, like development in my life um, is that I'm engaged. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember a few times when we were doing the show, like just everybody in their own place and in techno- through technology and all that. Uh, I was like wearing my ring and there were a few times where I, you know, I talk with my hands a lot because I'm Italian and I like there were a few times where I was like, I would like put my hand down and just kind of like slowly like sneak it off because I was like, there's going to be someone, there's going to be someone who's been watching the show for a while and being like, that Olivia, she's wearing a ring. <laughs> now, does that look like Yeah, mm, is this just ring? a hipster yeah. ring or? Mm-hmm. She's not wearing any others. Anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, so. Um, it's real, baby. It, Dad's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so engaged, um, really happy. And um, yeah, I mean, COVID has been like the end of last school year and the beginning of this school year has been, I, oh, hmm. yeah. but um, yeah. <laughs> I will say that, uh, that, you know what, God definitely doesn't pass up an opportunity to find us where we are and to give us the good things that we need. And you know what? He's still doing that. So even yeah. in all like the craziness, that's, that's still happening. But, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit wild. Sometimes I have to read St. Paul at his word, you know, that, that God does not allow us to be tested beyond our ability. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder, I'm like, okay, Lord, well, I'm yep. glad you know yep. the threshold and, and that you're confident that I can respond with a yes to go into the vineyard. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. not always so sure, mm. yeah. you know, 
So good. I'm glad to, to have you with us, Olivia. And uh, yeah, and I'm glad to see you all again, if from afar. <laughs> if from a monitor screen, yeah. Because yeah, Olivia doesn't even have a monitor to look at us. She has to kind of no, look like, off into the distance. But I mean, I'm looking to the camera and right behind it is Divine Mercy Jesus. And I feel like he's just being like, just, okay, now be nice. <laughs> and you're all by yourself, but be nice. That's, so. that's like confession in the, uh, in the Eastern church, yeah. you know, uh, it's behind an icon. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, if if it helps you to, to talk to uh, the Lord while you're talking to us and it softens the, your charity, I think that's not a bad thing, right? <laughs> <clears throat> that's right. Sorry. And Kathleen. So, <laughs> Kathleen, yeah. Well, news, I, too, got myself engaged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, too. Like, did you yeah, just dab yeah, into the camera? Yes, I did. Is that where we are? I, I am hip with the, the young people mm -hmm. yes um yeah so i i too am engaged so there's been wedding planning somewhat in, involved olivia's gonna get married before i am but um mm -hmm. we decided to i got married in june i mean i got engaged in june and mm -hmm. we decided to avoid all the pandemic stuff and aim for next november okay so um i, I told my fiance i said look i don't want to get married in any month where it's hot in louisiana so mm. uh we're down to november december and half of january <laughs> That's right. You, you want to dress with all the frills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no I, vents. Yes. I don't want to have to, okay. you know, like, put fans up my skirt, you know, to, like, cool me down. That's weird. Yeah. But anyway. We have a couple of priests in the diocese that, that that's part of their, their wedding retinue. Oh, yeah? Is that they have a series of fans uh, strategically placed nice. throughout the sanctuary. So nice. that should a bride need. Oh. There's at least one priest I know of who has, like, a push button, like a foot push button. <laughs> fan that you can just kind of yes, go ka-chonk whenever yeah that's intense that's but awesome. i mean yeah especially like if it's really hot and in louisiana like, yeah fainting and all that like i mean when well, you put on a dress and they like i already i went to i was telling father chris i went to try on dresses the other day which was oh. probably the best experience of my Wasn't life it fun did you feel like a princess so fun. i did i put on a uh, like a veil and i practiced walking it was fantastic oh yeah but like <laughs> you know and she but she i mean it's like an act of congress to put you in that dress like mm -hmm. they're tying things and clipping so things both the and, house and the senate yes oh my gosh and she's like are you secure and i'm like i don't think anything's going anywhere like, like let's define like, our terms yeah <laughs> i'm so secure <laughs> that, this this dress could walk me down the aisle that's where i am right now so wait did you find your dress yet no not yet okay. i just had some of my my bridal party is from out of town so oh, yeah. they came in town i said well let's just have the yeah you know, the, the experience so um yeah. i have a couple online that i still want to look at but father nell says it's just like in minnesota except they have strategically placed heaters everywhere for uh, weddings yeah okay not shivering to death yeah That's like right. i would not be uh, there we could get married in a snowstorm and i'd i would not be cold yeah. you'd just be <laughs> invisible yeah because yeah. of the dress yeah. yeah but the same as olivia went back to school and you know dealing with sixth and eighth graders and mm -hmm. you know trying to get them independent enough to do online learning and and, and you and, and we were talking about um because you have an interesting classroom situation right yeah so now we're utilizing all the space in our on our campus because to keep everybody apart right, right? not mm -hmm. all of not all of our classrooms are big enough to do socially distancing mm -hmm. so now this starting this week i've been assigned the gym. Ah, I see. Yes. The husky nurse is going to be <laughs> in the gym. How appropriate. <laughs> but yeah, so only, you know, so one thing I just, uh, you know, I've seen it online and, um, you know, the, the parents and, and everyone at our school has been super supportive and patient. Yeah. But like, 
if you haven't heard this, you have no idea what teachers are going through on a daily basis. So please, please be patient and kind to them. I'm not looking for like presents and gift cards, unless you want to send me some. (laughs) I'm just saying like, if you're a parent and you're dealing with a teacher, we are like dealing, Olivia can attest this, we're dealing with things we've never had to deal Mm -hmm. with before. Yeah. You know, making kids, making sure kids are six feet apart. What does six feet Constantly. look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I yelled across the playground the other day to a student, I was like, student, your mask is not dental floss. And I was like, <laughs> add that one to the list. Like this, you know, so it's, and we have online students and it's, yeah. it's pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But man, shout out to the to educators and to administrators who are doing the best they can because even you know e- even now when I get frustrated I'm like there's no one to be frustrated at it's just yeah. the situation that everybody's in um but you know we have teachers who are struggling kids who mm-hmm. are struggling you know the little ones it's, it's it's hard to to tell them why they can't run around and play yeah. at, at recess why yeah. they can't you know they're like oh I'll go help him with that assignment I'm like no you can't you gotta sit in your desk yeah, yeah. that's all been, day <laughs> that's been a, a really like challenging part is like well like you know because we we have you know one-to-one technology yeah. and, and I teach freshmen and so like there's a lot of things that they're just like I don't know how to get on this program I don't know how to fix this problem and I'm so I'm like you're trying to picture tech it in my head now. yeah I'm, I mean and, and I was last year but it was just easier for me to like stand over them and be like all right press that touch that whatever mm-hmm. yeah and now I'm like okay so imagine your screen. If you're looking at the top left. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Um, but no, I, I want to echo what Kathleen was saying too. That like, I mean, and I'm only a second year teacher, which yeah. even feels weird to say because what happened to the first year. But <laughs> um, I feel like I'm, I feel like this is just an extended first year. But um, yeah. but yeah, someone was asking me the other day, like, what's you know, like, how is it dealing with like teaching and, and with all the COVID stuff? And I was just like, honestly, like, I think the COVID stuff is like the only consistent thing. Yeah. You know, now because like, you know, cleaning the desks and wearing the masks and, you know, it's kind having, of a rota. Sp- uh, yeah, a it's just kind of like you. that's a constant and you can expect that every day. But it's like there's changes that have to be made every day because of those things right. or because of mm-hmm. like, you know, changes in the uh, the phasing and all that. Right. And so it's like that's the constant chaos, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like the unpredictability. But all the other stuff is like I actually kind of depend on that stuff now because right. at least it's like routine, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we've just, in Louisiana, we've just moved into the very beginnings of phase three. And uh, today, um, I was telling my parishioners at the conclusion of Mass, I said, and as you know, we're in phase three, and, and my staff's going to meet this week, and we're going to kind of figure out what that looks like in our parishes, because as you know, I've got three. And so trying to figure out how to, to make things as uh, smooth and equitable as possible. Yeah. I said, but there's one thing that I can do today, and that's process out of the church and greet you. Yeah. yeah. And I will because I miss you. Yeah. And and I mean, it's amazing how um, just over the course of a, of a day or of a week uh, the, that we priests generally come in contact with so many people. Yeah. And to to have a lot of that contact, um, if not changed or completely just eradicated, it's really tough for us. And yeah. so it was mm-hmm. nice to be able to, to stand out uh, outside and. Um, kind of do what I did four months ago, yeah. you know, and uh, just to, to check in with people and see how they're doing outside of absolute crisis, with right. them, which has been a lot of that. I, I find it interesting, too, that uh, the, the, the whole COVID response thing has allowed for an opportunity um, of a lot of things that that are um, that were kind of working their way in a direction kind of have accelerated right. and and it gives us the opportunity as Catholics and certainly as priests to respond in a new and a different way 
And so um, we're going to be making some changes to our religious education program. Because mm. oh, um, one of the beautiful things about, um, about kids having to do a lot of their learning from home right. is that when you're talking about that in the context of Catholic education, yeah. uh, that's really where it's supposed to, to yeah. culminate, to begin and to return. Mm. And so we, as the, as the priests of the parish and the catechists of the parish, really should be facilitating that rather than kind of top-down teaching it. Right, yeah. And so we're going to be making a few changes. So I'm optimistic about some of these things yeah. as well and to see how they feed back into parish life. Because yeah. I do expect parish life to return. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do expect it certainly yeah. to return. Um, and so that's that's kind of one of the things that's been going on in the parish. The other is that, that we've done a, a lot of uh, liturgies that have been streamed. So early on, uh, I was doing night prayer and... Uh, and then streaming daily mass mm-hmm. and actually eventually had to stop that because I found myself smack dab in the middle of a diverticulitis um, yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. And so having to deal with that as well, I was, I was out for the count for probably two and a half months myself. Yeah. Uh, roughly around the time that Jeff was in the hospital, I was just in bed. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything except take my antibiotics and go back to sleep. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was a really kind of a strange couple of months for me as well. Uh, to be not only kind of separated from from parish work, the regular parish work, but also separated from the streaming stuff, the little bits of apostolate that, yeah. that I've been doing. So uh, it's good to be back here in the studio and things slowly kind of creeping back to normal in the parish um, yeah. in one way or another, you know, yeah. um, finally keeping office hours again, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I have a hunch that you suffer from the same thing that Jeff does and that <laughs> when it comes time to like do things, you do everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, I, that might have been a, a you know a no, a little no, a little nudge to say. No, I I think the Lord again, kind of that He does not allow you to be tested beyond your ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Lord knows, and oftentimes the times I felt closest to the Lord, and I know some of you have this experience as well. The times I felt closest to the Lord uh, are when I am ill, when mm-hmm. I'm suffering in some way bodily, and and Jesus knows that, and so he, it's almost as if He says, "Okay, the monastery." Um, your great silence will start now mm-hmm. because we've got work to do together. Yeah, and uh, and so I've oftentimes whenever I've gotten sick, uh, I tend to look at it that way, and it doesn't make it easier, but at the same time, it gives the context that's needed to say, "Okay, Lord, take me." Yeah, I'll, I I I can. You, you've bent my will, and now all I can do is say yes. Yeah. And so yeah. So yeah. there's certainly that part of it too. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been an interesting time, and certainly the the interesting continues. Yeah. Um, I tell you what we'll do is we'll take a, a brief little respite, and uh, and just remind people that we are the Catholic Underground. Yes, indeed, we are the Catholic Underground, and you found us. Uh, hopefully, you're listening at catholicunderground.com. Maybe you're watching us on facebook.com slash catholicunderground, or uh, maybe you're on the Roku and you're watching us as well. Uh, I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen and by Olivia and by Alberto and then by Ed as well. Eduardo. Eduardo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. We've been checking in, yeah. uh, kind of giving you the lay of the land with with our lives, and certainly you can always let us know what's been going on in your life. You do so in the chat room, and then also uh, you've been doing so uh, by sending us uh, mail. Um, in fact, I, I meant to bring it. I meant to bring some physical back chat. Uh, here's the long and the short of it. One of our uh, viewers up in, uh, in New York said, uh, I've enjoyed all the reruns, but now it's time to go back to work. <laughs> 
And so it's good to be back. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that we've not been able to do mm-hmm. is go anywhere or do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that I was supposed to be on several pilgrimages, one to Rome, one to um, to Germany, to Oberammergau yeah. for the Passion Play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had another visit to somewhere planned that was just completely canceled. It might have just been to Texas. Te, te, I was say, to Texas. To Texas. To visit some, uh, some other undergrounders. Yeah. And all those things have fallen through. And so we thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, where we would go yeah. whenever we can go again. Yeah, it's kind of like when you're, you know, when you're young and poor and you dream about where you can go one day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where we all are yeah. in this COVID, yeah. you know, we all have places that, you know, I actually had a trip to Rome plan. Oh, that's right. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a trip Poor to Kathleen. Rome planned. We were talking about it, though. We My, were talking about doing an underground. We've talked Rome and talked trip. about it. No, but it. like we were really talking about it. Yeah, we were. Right? And then yeah. we didn't. We, you, okay. It wasn't just you. Both my yeah. parents and my brother and his wife were going to Rome. We're scheduled to go to Rome this summer. Not me, but whatever. I'm not bitter. <laughs> um, and so we've all had, you know, plans change. And so, you know, as of right now, as we go to air, um, you still can't travel from America to a lot of places in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think any places in Europe, really, yeah. including uh, including Italy. But but Italy itself is reopening. Italy itself is reopening. And if you remember, when COVID first started, Italy was like the 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 hot one of the biggest hot spots, mm-hmm. yeah. and they they shut down Italy, and they had all these. You know, we can remember those videos of people yeah. that were out on their balconies singing and, you know, playing music, but they were all socially distanced because the whole place was shut down. Um, but, but for those of you who have been to Italy, <clears throat> not me, uh, you know that one of the best kept secrets of, a, of amenities or places to stay mm-hmm. are retreat houses or guest houses that are run by the different religious orders. Yep. And if we know anything, we know that there are a ton of religious orders that call Italy, especially Rome, home. That's right. Right. And so, you know, much like all of the, the hotel businesses, um, the travel industry, um, you know, anything to do with taking trips, mm-hmm. these guest houses have really suffered yeah. um, because you know, even though you don't spend as much as you would at a hotel, you're still paying to stay there. That's right. And it's a source of income for right. their order. And yeah. they, they use that for, yeah, for their order. But as the world starts to open up, and especially as Italy starts to, to open up, these uh, religious orders and these guest houses are super eager to let the world know, hey, start planning your trip mm-hmm. because we are opening The day will up. come. Yes, right? And so um, the Catholic News Service has reported that all but just a few guest houses in Italy have reopened. And in fact, um, this guy, Fabio Rocci. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's how you say it. It's probably Rocchi. It probably with is. With two C's. Never been, to, never been to Italian. I don't know how they no, say that. No, you, you actually might be right. Rocci, because it's it's two C's together, right? Like pizza. Yeah, yeah. So when so, you have Rocci. The, yeah, mm, you got there it. it. Sorry. Is. Well, actually, he's the like president. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like like that. Mm-hmm. Now they're so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> he is the president of the Italian Association of Religious Guest Houses. And he said that out of the 1,700 guest houses he's in touch with, only about 140 of them have shut down indefinitely. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's still a low number. Yeah. yeah. But you're talking about, you know, 
over 1500 guest houses mm -hmm. that are open and ready to go yep. um, and usually you would need to make uh, you know arrangements way far in advance mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people who make a pilgrimage who make right. a trip to Rome that are traipsing and are, through those city right, streets yeah and are looking to find uh, you know a good place to stay mm -hmm. um, but because of the because of the vacancies now there's a lot of availability mm -hmm. um, and in fact um, let me find her name. Ilaria? Ilaria. Mm -hmm. yeah. Arcella. Arcella. Um, she manages the Casa San Giuseppe mm -hmm. for the Daughters of St. Joseph. And she said their guest house closed but was open back up in May. And as of the end of August, was only at 40% capacity. Oh, wow. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, there. when you look at, um, like, the travel industry, a lot of the hotels now are, are you know, offering great deals. Mm -hmm. And, and, well, look, look living, staying at a retreat house or, you know, a religious, in a religious community. Yeah, pensione is, would be one of the words that they mm -hmm. call. Right, is already a great deal. Yeah. Right, yeah. and so, so this is available um, and so what makes staying at a convent or a monastery different from staying at a hotel? Um, one of them is it's affordable rates. Yeah, like 40 euro a night. Yeah. yeah. Or even mm -hmm. less sometimes. Or even less. Yeah. I've, I've stayed in a few, um, like, through monastery stays or, mm -hmm. like, word of mouth. Um, I highly recommend, first of all, cute little religious everywhere. Yeah. Second of all, usually access to the Blessed Sacrament. But yeah. also, yeah, like, really inexpensive. And, like, they're willing, like, they'll tell you, you know, kind of, cool places to go that you know a hotel is not necessarily going to tell you about or care right. that you know about so. exactly yeah so affordable rates um they're usually in beautiful historic buildings with yeah. historic furniture and and a lot of times it's simple mm -hmm. like so you're not worried about does does the coffee maker and the microwave in my room work mm -hmm. it allows you to be present where you are that's right and experience the city itself and not like i know sometimes when i go to a hotel i'm like I could just stay here in this hotel. Why mm -hmm. would you do that? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so it allows you to get out, right? And as, as Olivia was saying, um, a lot of these places, you know, offer daily mass and, yeah. and access to the, to the sacraments, right? As well as the blessed sacrament. Mm -hmm. um, and those, those can be vital things for people who are on a pilgrimage rather than just a trip. Yeah. Um, you know, the spiritual journey rather than just being a tourist. Right. Um, and so if you are planning, my parents had to reschedule their trip to next summer. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are planning on a, a trip or you're rescheduling a trip, Olivia um, suggested monasterystays.com. And that's, that's a, a fantastic. Great, it's a great mm -hmm. place where you can Works look at not only in Italy, but all over the place. Where are some religious communities that are offering um, that offer guest houses, you know, they're similar to, I would say similar to, they're not hostels, but they're similar. You could to, say that. I mean, yeah. you could almost say that because as you say, you typically, you, you get, um, you get a bed, um, and uh, you know, and, and oftentimes the bathroom is in your room. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes it's down the hallway, but most of the, most of the convents mm -hmm. and religious houses, it's in the same room. Yeah. And then yeah. also there's usually some basic form now, breakfast in Italy right. uh, is is its own animal. You know, usually yeah. you can bet on some sweet bread of some kind, and almost always coffee of varying quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. uh, so yeah. Uh, but don't go anywhere because that music means that we have to take a bit of a break. But we'll be back talking about pilgrimages and whatnot. You are listening to and watching the Catholic Underground. Stay right there. We'll be right back.
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Welcome back to the Catholic Underground. <laughs> Apparently, our computers are a little tired. Uh, if you're watching us in the video feed, they're just a little sleepy. They'd like to work from home, they've decided. They do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're not using Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> they're using Turtle, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's okay. It is what it is. Catholic mm -hmm. Underground uh, is us.com. Uh, I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee, Olivia Galino, Alberto Magno is, uh, is in the the sound pit <laughs> that sounds terrible that sounds like the um what is it the the uh the, the pit that the creature lives on in star wars what was that Earth. called sile can't help you oh i'm sorry y'all i'm a star trek fan from yeah the, that's what i thought you were going for from princess bride, princess bride. I feel like yeah. i have the red shirt on yeah the, well there you go a sarlacc sarlacc pit and yeah Sorry. Okay. That sounds terrifying. It is, in fact. It's mostly teeth. Well, you found you found <laughs> us, and we're glad that you have. Uh, and then Ed. Ed's in the ball pit, which yeah. is, you know, because uh, his name is Ed Ball. I'm sorry. There are so many inside jokes that... See, we, we've tried to retool the show uh, so that Kathleen, what she said about listening to podcasts could be true, yeah. mm -hmm. where, where we kind of uh, get rid of some of those inside jokes so that those of you who are joining us, maybe for the first time ever, can go... I can listen to this program. You know, I know what they're talking about. Yep. Yeah, Kathleen, you we were talking about uh, yep. going to visit uh, other countries, but then right. going to stay in hostels, right? right. These little kind of pensioni. Well, yeah, because that's the first thing you want to do when you form when you when you are trying to plan a trip yeah you want to get your airfare you want to get where you're going to stay you want to get how you're going to travel yeah and you know it's always going to cost no matter if you're going on pilgrimage or not yeah uh, our mission or not or just touristy or not it's the plane fare is always probably going to be the same and expensive yeah um, but Although yeah maybe not now yeah and actually they want you on their plane actually definitely not now i've traveled a couple times um and definitely not now but mm. Um, one of the places that you can, especially if you're going on a religious-based trip, yeah. whether it be a pilgrimage or a mission, or you're, you really are going, because there's nothing wrong too, and I want to say this, <laughs> mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with going to religious sites and 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 not going on, on mission or... As an as, official pilgrim. As a, yeah. yeah, as an official pilgrim. Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of times, you know, uh, you, there's just nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but And you can still stay at these these religious orders that are offering guest houses sure. um, and make it a unique experience because you're going to stay at a hotel, you know, probably, you know, every other trip you go on. Yeah. Um, but if you can find a religious order that's offering a guest house, it's phenomenal. And in fact, in 2009, I was going to spend, a, I did, I did spend a month in Africa um, on mission. And um, one of the, th one of the, you know, that was one of our concerns is where are we going to stay? Mm -hmm. And um, there was a, a Jesuit priest who we were going to, to work for. And he said, oh, yeah, there's this retreat house for nuns. Mm -hmm. You can stay there. And it was awesome because every morning at 5 a.m., the bell rang and the sisters started to sing for mass. Oh. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoop, got to go. 
<laughs> like running down the stairs, right? And it was phenomenal because if there wasn't, like if they were protected yeah. for sure by the community, yeah. not only by like their, you know, it wasn't the best part of town because mm-hmm. it was, you know, in the, in the middle of Kenya, mm-hmm. um, in Nairobi. And, um, you know, if you, if I told people where I was staying they were like, Oh, we'll get you back there. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. well then, you know, I know the way let's uh-huh. go. I'll walk with it's, you. It's kind you of know? one of those touchstones of the yeah. community. And there they was, I mean, it. there was certainly a security guard as well, but like, you know, and a, and a big old fence, and they they locked the fence at nine a.m. And there were several times I had to call one of the sisters to let me in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one <laughs> of the like, fallbacks. If, yeah. if there is like a negative uh, tick mark yeah. on on staying in a religious house, it's there's often a curfew. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I went, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just remembering, like, um, <clears throat> I was at a conference for the USCCB back when I worked for the diocese, and and so it was in D.C. Mm-hmm. And um, like, if you were you know, like female and you were on this, uh, at this conference, you could stay at this like religious house. And then if you were male, you could stay at this other place. Um, or you could find your own accommodations. But I was like, Hey, it's free if I stay at this religious yeah. house. So like, right. I want to do. And it was really close to where we were supposed to meet and all that. So I'm staying in this house and, um, but like the conference ends on like a Thursday. Um, but that Thursday night I had to stay cause I couldn't get another flight until the next day. And so I'm just staying in this house, um, and I went to a concert actually that night, um, and <laughs> didn't realize like that I like that number one that there was a curfew just because <laughs> like I was always in yeah. like before yeah. that the previous nights, and I wasn't out super late, but and I kept getting these like weird calls on my phone from someone, and like when I picked up I like, couldn't hear who it was, and so I was just like oh man so random, and then, <laughs> and then I finally get there and like the door is locked and I have to call like a phone number to get in uh, like that I just have in the little welcome packet or whatever and this poor little elderly nun like just kind of in her little you know nightwear <laughs> comes to the door and she's like I called you six times and I was like huh? <laughs> oh <sorry>. no <laughs> oh sorry let I'm me in <laughs> like I was like mortified and I just like snuck out in the morning I'm just like bye bye you were the near occasion for a lot of grace for her mm-hmm. so yeah. sorry yeah. Mm. that's true so you yeah. know if you want experiences like that Highly right. recommend. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so so uh, both Olivia and you, Kathleen, as well, have had experiences yeah. staying in those religious houses. Uh, I yeah. know I had a friend who flew down from Norway. He was visiting friends in Norway. He flew mm-hmm. down to Rome because I was there during my sabbatical. Yeah, and uh, and he stayed at a religious house, uh, religious sisters. Yeah, and he loved it. Yeah, he says, "Oh man, they're just so happy. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. They yeah. are, and mm-hmm. they you know you see them, and they're like you know they're going about their day, and you know you really get like a Kind of an inner viewing of, right. of, of their hey, life. These are normal people mm-hmm. who live for Jesus every day mm-hmm. in e- literally everything that they do. Yeah. You know, when they're, when you're, you know, in Africa, it was, they were like, here is our washing machine. It's a sink with a bar of soap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was like, wait, what, what? You know? Yeah. And many, many a nights I would spend, you know, and my arms were hurting and they're like, oh, can I help you? And like, they do half my laundry, uh-huh. you know, while I'm still working on one shirt because I have no idea how to do this, you know, and they, the conversations and just mm-hmm. like sharing meals with them and being able to, they invited us to, of course, to mass and um, just incredible. It was incredible. I, I highly recommend it. And where I stayed, it was, you know, a retreat house for nuns. So there were many different you know, orders and many different you yeah. know, women from really all over the world who were doing mission or were traveling or, you know, were just there for a week or whatever. Um, so it was, it was, 
It awesome. almost reminds me of whenever a lot of uh, actors, like if they play a priest or yeah. a nun on, mm-hmm. on in a movie, you can't help but begin to uh, breathe deeply yeah. the Catholicity of the part that you're playing. And I wonder if that's not the same way for some people who go to religious houses. Yeah. Uh, they may go, may may go because it's twenty five euro a night. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can't help but be exposed right. to religious life. Right. And uh, and so that in and of itself, being a being a hospitaler, right, being mm-hmm. someone who offers hospitality, is itself a great work of evangelization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's actually where we where we get the notion of pilgrimage too, um, is is that part of being a pilgrim. Um, is is that element of of faith expectancy right yeah you know of 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 expecting your faith to present itself and and i think that even if you're gonna go to um as a tourist there are little like hints of pilgrimage that take place if you stay in a religious house yeah absolutely yeah i think you can go on pilgrim like you can go on a tour you know go as a tourist just Mm -hmm. on a trip and if you visit any religious space or place or order um that you when you enter like to me the idea of pilgrimage is i'm entering into this experience fully i'm not just going to see i'm going to really experience right um it's the same thing i think you know in the same way mission Mm -hmm. you know i'm not going i didn't go to africa for a month to hang out you know and um you know i went to to fully experience the people and to be you know, to be there with a purpose, yeah. Um, not just to see, but to and and look, tourism is great. If you want to go see, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you look, when you talk about the difference between the three, mm-hmm. you know, there was a, a an article in uh, a, a publication called The Furrow, which mm-hmm. is a, a well, it, it styles itself as a um, as a, a journal for the contemporary church, but it was Ooh. founded at St. Patrick's College in Maynooth. Mm-hmm. And there was an article in 2002 called Pilgrims or Tourists. Mm-hmm. And the author, Frank Fahey, um, kind of gave a little hint of, of what would it be for me to be a pilgrim and what is it for me to be a tourist? Yeah. And so, as I said, uh, in tourism, um, uh, an element of faith is mm-hmm. not required, right? right. You're just kind of making your way. But if you're, if you're going to be a pilgrim, then there's, there's a, what's called a kind of a faith expectancy, a, an yeah. expectancy that... that your faith will present itself or you will be introduced to the faith. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he also says that uh, that penance is a component of pilgrimage. In fact, if you read the Canterbury Tales mm-hmm. or if you look at, at the history of pilgrimage, oftentimes it is penance number one. Yeah. That is the reason that people will go on pilgrimage, uh, either to, to seek penance, mm-hmm. um, to find forgiveness, um, or if uh, in the ancient world you were in the order of penitence, you were actually going to uh, to make amends for the sins that you had committed with the expectancy of being absolved by the bishop yeah right mm. um but if you're a tourist well i mean uh well tourists oftentimes penance is the last thing on their mind right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh and so uh, th- those are some some kind of subtle differences there uh, as well as community too um in pilgrimage i know whenever um i walked to the those portions of the camino in 2018 um Father Ryan Humphreys and I went together, but it ended up being fairly solitary. Yeah. Um, even if you're going with somebody, there is this notion that I am going on pilgrimage. In fact, uh, as you've heard me say, my Camino is what they say over and over, that, yeah. that you, you may go with a group, but the Lord has something specifically um, on the plan, in the plan for you. And, um, and with tourism, oftentimes you, you spend a lot of time, most of the time with your friends or your family that you go with. 
Um, there's also not a real big emphasis on sacred space um, as as a, as an internal thing of yeah. creating that internal place for the Lord to work. When we're when we're tourists, we don't typically think about those sorts right, of things. Yeah. Right, we're just kind of going. Yeah. And then, of course, um, ritual is a big part of being a pilgrim uh, in, in the article. And you know that, too, especially as a Catholic. Whenever we, we consent to go on a pilgrimage, it means that we are necessarily going to place ourselves in those moments of liturgy. Yeah. Because that is um, externalizing some of the transformational stuff that's taking place, hopefully, within us on pilgrimage. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily present if you're just a tourist. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's the notion of the votive offering. Um, ex voto is uh, is one of those those great uh, Italian phrases. Is uh, an offering back for something that has done been done for me or to me by God. Mm-hmm. And so if you go into a lot of those Italian churches or really churches all over the world that are pilgrimage sites, you'll see sometimes like a, a little metal or a wooden carving of a piece of the body, so like a, of a leg or something, mm-hmm. or you'll see crutches everywhere, mm-hmm. or you see a little a plaque that says ex voto, and, and that is um, a kind of a leaving behind of ourselves to God in thanksgiving for the work worked. Yeah. In fact, that's also why we call them votive candles. When you go into the church and you light a candle, the reason we do that is to extend the the time the the time of intercession uh, asking the intercession of one of the saints yeah so uh so that's present there um whereas if you're just a tourist travel is the good life you know that's that's where you're going you're just going for for the just just the journey and not all the stuff uh, that the journey uh involves Uh, in fact even to the point where whenever you celebrate uh, you might drink to forget as a tourist yeah. <laughs> all your troubles, whereas you're drinking to, to celebrate, to remember what's going on, or you're eating, especially in Italy, you're eating to remember sure, yeah. uh, what's going on. And then there's the notion of perseverance too, right? As a pilgrim, you're learning to become recommitted to your faith and to life as it lays out before you. Um, so you're never not a pilgrim. Yeah. But when you're a tourist, well, you come back and the holiday's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, and so, Kathleen, have you actually been on pilgrimage before, like an actual pilgrimage? Um, yes. Um, oh, that's right. You went to ways. Poland. I went to Poland, yeah. And um, and also, every year we went on the March for Life. That oh, was sure. And that's a very yeah. real pilgrimage. I am a pilgrim and not a tourist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was drilled in. <laughs> Help and Olivia, you've our... been on pilgrimage before. Yeah. So, I've been actually been to Poland on pilgrimage, um, the Holy Land, um, and... Uh, uh, I feel like there's one more, but yeah. One um, day I will go to Holy Land. Yeah, I'm supposed to go in January. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, prob- hopefully. I don't Maybe. Know. Who, who, knows? who knows? I was about to say, well, you, you can go. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, that um, that was definitely like a, a definite one of those experiences that y'all are talking about, where like you can't experience that and leave unchanged. That's right. Know? Yeah. So Pope yeah. Benedict, whenever he visited uh, Santiago de Compostela in 2010, in fact, there's video that we've probably shown on this program before of him uh, in Santiago with the big bota fumiero, the big incense. Oh, that's my favorite and, thing. And he's just kind of watching it with these, I hope it doesn't hit me eyes. You know, that's this huge sensor. So that's right. Cute. I love that. I want to see that so bad. I show my kids that probably every year. Mm. I'm like, you think... You think the Catholic Church is boring? Check yeah. this thing out. Not only are we not boring, we're very weird, and it's right? awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pope so Benedict yes. said, To go on pilgrimage is not simply to visit a place to admire its treasures, nature, art, or history. To go on pilgrimage really means to step out of ourselves in order to encounter God where he has revealed himself, where his grace has shone with particular splendor, 
and produced rich fruits of conversion and holiness among those who believe. Above all, Christians go on pilgrimage to the Holy Land, to the places associated with the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection. They go to Rome, to the city of martyrdom of Peter and Paul, and also to Compostela, which associated with the memory of St. James has welcomed pilgrims from throughout the world who desire to strengthen the spirit with the apostles' witness of faith and love. And then we could also add on to that all of the, the places that Our Lady has appeared as mm -hmm. well. Um, Fatima and Lourdes are certainly two of the, the, the big ones that come to mind. And, um, and also, um, I think about uh, the pilgrimage sites now to Our Lady of Walsingham in, mm -hmm. in Great Britain, yeah. uh, part of Our Lady's dowry, you know, mm -hmm. that uh, these are all places where, where we truly uh, allow the Lord to change us, to change mm -hmm. us for sure. We, we may, I'll mention again monasterystays.com uh, because those are some great places. If you're, if you're starting to think ahead and starting to plan, like maybe, maybe I could carve out some time for maybe not a big whole pilgrimage, but maybe a mini pilgrimage, you know, mini vacation, but some actual specific time of pilgrimage and monasterystays.com could be the place to do that. Yeah, um, it's really cool because it's a website that was uh, issued in the Great Jubilee of 2000 and it's just kind of stuck around. That's, that's kind of neat. Nice. All righty. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, we thought we would do, uh, you'll, you'll remember that uh, the Catholic Underground oftentimes does a pick of the week, but we figured we would try something a little bit new yep. and make the pick of the week kind of a rotating segment. And so uh, for, for part of the rotation, uh, what we call Patron Saint Bingo, where Ooh. we talk about some of the, you know, some of the stranger saints. But I thought maybe rather than just the, the strange saints, to connect one of the saints that is associated with being a pilgrim. In fact, it didn't really occur to me uh, the whole time I was on Camino. I would see these huge, huge murals. And when I mean huge, I mean like 20 or 30 feet tall yeah. murals of St. Christopher. Hmm. And I don't know why at the time I didn't think about it, but St. Christopher, of course, is the patron of travelers. And, uh, and so we thought we'd talk a little bit about him here in Patron St. Bingo to kind of get things Excellent. started off. Yeah. So, so uh, St. Christopher uh, has a couple of names. Alferus is one. So, like, um, my name is Christopher, so I know a whole bunch about this name oh. here. So, Christopher is bearer of Christ, Christ bearer. So, like, to offer something. So, so sometimes Christopher is called uh, St. Alferus. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes Reprobus uh, uh, indicating he may have been a thief at one time, like one who was reprobate. <laughs> so so every now like, and then you'll see that. depends on like, who you read. Some people are like, oh, he was just this rich kid. And then some people are like, no, he was definitely a thief and like a really bad guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I don't know like what sources like people are pulling from for those kind of opposite. Uh, yeah. Not opposite, but just like... Really yeah, those images inclined. of this person. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, for, for our purposes, we call him St. Christopher because that's how he <laughs> appears uh, in antiquity in the church. Uh, yeah. According to, uh, to certainly one legend uh, in the third century in Asia Minor, he was the son of a king. Mm -hmm. And uh, the story goes that he lived a rich life but searched for purpose. And if I think about, honestly, St. Christopher could be a, a patron saint of the hipster child because, <laughs> you know, he... he <laughs> Uh, living a life uh, of, of some means, but still searching for purpose and trying not to be a man-child, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sorry for all you other Christophers out there. Uh, <laughs> and for all you Gosh, this explains so there. much about me. I guess I'm just, <laughs> I really do embody the name. Anyway, um, but the, the important thing about him that, that becomes relevant later in the story is that he was a big guy, big, yeah. strong guy. He's often depicted as being uh, one of the more muscular saints. So yeah. I haven't lived up to that part of my name. Saint. There's still time. Just, there's still it's time. Fine. You think, okay. Um, 
Yeah. The very first person to, to have asked to him, bro, do you even lift, I guess, was oh St. Saint, Saint Christopher. But anyway, so, so the story goes that St. Christopher was looking for the strongest and boldest ruler to follow. Mm-hmm. And in the legend, he even thought about, he courted Satan yeah. as an option. And so that might also be where the no, the notion of him as, as reprobus is, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, kind of playing think, with, with yeah, fire there. Yeah, I think I've heard that like he followed some people that followed Satan. Right? Oh, so, yeah. So I think, I mean, it would make sense if that's true that he, you know, got, mm-hmm. got mixed got up mixed in a crowd up. that yeah. was... Yeah. And, and that's a kind of like, 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 sorry, it's right. kind of like an Augustinian, um, at least trajectory, you know, because yeah. like Augustine, like in the beginning, uh, in the confessions, he talks about how like he was very much and is still at the time of this writing, like of an intellectual mind. And so like he went looking for people who are like like minded and that's how Manichaeism kind of slipped in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Manichaean being a, being that group of, uh, of, of followers of a, a very kind of. Uh, parallel gospel yeah. uh, to, to Jesus where um, basically spirit good, body bad, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, we, yeah, we don't know exactly, but, uh, but it's very possible that, that Christopher, in trying to find the, the strongest, to find the boldest, um, maybe began going down the wrong path, but eventually met a holy hermit um, who, uh, who introduced him to Christianity. He was baptized and uh, from there, he pledged his life to serve Christ because at some level he figured out, well, this is the boldest ruler of all. He was the one yeah. who went to the cross mm-hmm. and he yeah. was the one who died for my sins, you know. But, of course, the, the, um, the, the story goes is that he would help um, people to cross this, uh, this, this, this giant river. You know, he, he was a boatman, right? And um, depending on what story you look at, he, he's, the, he's the boat, right? He's yeah. carrying people yeah. across. And... Um, there, the, the best part of the legend is a small child approaches him one day and wants safe passage across the river. And so uh, St. Christopher, before he was saint, right, Chris, um, just uh, put the boy on his shoulders and, and began to carry him across the river. And I guess we should call him Oferus, the one who was carrying, right? Right, yeah. And as the water got deep, the child was growing heavier. You know, what are you eating, child? Kind of, kind of like me on vacation. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, and then the waters kept kept rising, and and the child was was just continuing to get like physically impossibly heavier, right, yeah. uh, so much so that Ophiris almost drowned. And uh, according to the to the historians, uh, as he reaches the banks of the river. Um, he said, child, thou hast put me in great peril. Thou weighest almost as if it had all the world upon me. Mm. I might bear no greater burden. And then the boy responds, Christopher, changing his name from Oferus to Christopher. Mm. Um, thou hast not only borne all the world upon thee, but thou hast borne him that created and made all the world upon thy shoulders. And, uh, and so that's the, certainly the legend, therefore, of, uh, of St. Christopher. Uh, whose name means Christ bearer. Yeah. And so, uh, as I recall, Olivia, he told him to, to cross the river again. And then... Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. You're doing great. I'm, do- I'm, t- I'm, I'm all alone in my little cave. <laughs> um, yeah, so he told him to... Um, and this, re- this part like reminds me kind of of St. Joseph, um, mm-hmm. or at least like some of the legend uh, around St. Joseph. Um, but he told him to like go across and back into the river and put his staff, you know, cause he's probably using this staff to anchor himself as he's carrying people across this river and, um, to plant it in the middle of the river and that 
life would would spring forth from it um and it did so like the next morning there were flowers and fruits coming off of his this staff and um and i just thought that was like really beautiful especially because if you think about like like there's life coming in the middle of this chaos and that's like creation that's the that's going back to the beginning of of genesis and you know there's chaos there's um this the kind of primordial chaos and then mm-hmm. the spirit hovers over the waters and brings order from it but and not just order it, yeah. but life mm-hmm. you know um and that's the beginning of of all life um and so i just thought that it was beautiful that like the sign that god gives that christ gives christopher that like he is who he says he is is basically like a recreation moment mm-hmm. yeah oh, oh that's right an actual recreation yeah. so the this flowering staff this uh fruit bearing staff yeah, yeah. Because I mean, a staff is is a piece of dead wood. You know, it's mm-hmm. not connected to anything living anymore. It's just a, a piece of dead wood. And so, for that to have life come from it, that's a recreation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and that's really kind of the core of of Saint Christopher of of his um, his life before mm-hmm. his uh, life uh, up up until uh, Christ visiting him. Yeah, and then what happened with his life afterwards? We don't really know a whole lot about what happened afterwards. There's some say that that um, he was imprisoned and then uh, martyred by Decius in the 250s. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, in fact, that was one of the reasons uh, that was give, that has been given for his name being removed from the general Roman calendar in 1970. Um, along with Saint, Saint Valentine and a couple of other saints, just right. because there there was not a whole lot of surety about right. the legend and the person. Mm-hmm. But riddle me this: for those who have asked mm-hmm. Saint Christopher's intercession throughout these thousands of years, mm-hmm. uh, especially as pilgrims uh, making their way to Compostela, and all the intercessions that have been granted, I think Saint Christopher's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and well, he's no, on the calendar. And in know, all actuality, right? like. You know where where does where did talking to my kids? You know, like where do these prayers actually end up in mm-hmm. the hands of God? So mm-hmm. that's right. If we can use Saint Christopher, real or not, as a yeah. vessel, yeah, to to put our faith in God, yeah, it's God who ultimately grants the request that we ask mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, I was talking to my students. I think I blew their minds every yeah. year. I do, and usually it's high schoolers, so they have a little bit of an idea, but poor, poor sixth graders. We had to talk about creation and about how it probably didn't happen exactly how it was written, Mm -hmm. but it very well could have, but probably didn't. Mm -hmm. I think I crushed some spirits, but, you know, I was talking about, we're not talking about the, you know, the what actually happened. Yeah. We're talking about why did it happen? Yeah. Mm what's behind it like what's the meaning behind it and mm-hmm. what is the meaning of this you know this this guy whether he be real or not mm-hmm. right is that you know he encountered he had an encounter with christ and he almost missed it <laughs> right, right right yep he, and it changed his life and so what are we what are we learning that you know we need to be aware of those people that we encounter in our lives because like mother Teresa said you know i'm paraphrasing this but somebody asked her like why do you take these people off the street they're going to die anyway. Like, why do you take them and spend resources on them? You don't have anything. And she was like, because she's sassy like this, and I love her to death because she's just wholly sassy. And she said, you know, I'm paraphrasing again, each one of them is Jesus in disguise, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss him. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, duh, dang, okay. Like, how many people <laughs> do I walk by on a normal day yeah. and not even acknowledge? Or how many people do I encounter? Yeah. And I don't treat them as if they were, they were Jesus. Yep. Right. And this guy was told, Mm -hmm. look, 
I'm I'm Christ. <laughs> That's you, right. You know, yeah. You just did you just did a thing like this is big deal, you know, and, and it changes life. And so mm-hmm. so what it's it's not, you know, what it's not the details yeah you know it's because the, the church can venerate saints in mystery exactly you know that's, exactly. that's part then, of it yeah like i think sometimes like we have a different idea of tradition now like the way that we pass things on like we think of it more as a game of like telephone like you know so 12 people down the line we don't know if what they really know is true but like in the ancient world it wasn't that way because right. not everyone was literate that was very very rare yeah. um so like this is how history and and tradition gets preserved is by passing it down and so like the things that come to us even as like sketchy you know yeah um i think yeah like we can't maybe put all our eggs in that basket but like to to say that well it just can't be true i think would be like to do a discredit to how information has been passed down right exactly for most of the world's history you know and um and i think that it's a beautiful part of how like we i mean think about like when saint helena got to finally go to the holy land 300 years after christ died the only reason she was able to find those things is because they'd been preserved exactly you know yep and so let's uh let's close up with a a prayer asking saint christopher's intercession almighty god Grant that we who celebrate the memory of your blessed martyr Christopher may be made stronger in our love for you through his intercession, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All righty, St. Christopher, pray for us on our earthly pilgrimage through all of this craziness. Uh, The Catholic Underground is made possible uh, for... For you, by you, our viewers, listeners, our prayer warriors, and our benefactors. You can become an official undergrounder by going to catholicundergroundcom donate and helping us out. You can also help us out by letting others know about us. Remember to like us, heart us, and star us on your platform of choice. And if uh, the podcasting service you use has a review option, please consider leaving a review or a favorable comment. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Also, Olivia Galino. Thanks, Olivia. Thank y'all. Yep. Uh, we thank uh, Albert Dupont for running interference for us in the uh, in the audio cave there. And then the ball pit there, Ed, for running our video. Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. I'm so glad to be back with you after all this time. And uh, I know that uh, we've got uh, what I think is a good season planned for you for the Catholic Underground. So you have indeed been listening to the Catholic Underground. We are cutting through the noise. You can find that still small voice. And we, my friends, will see you next time.